Hey guys, this is And The Writer Is, and I'm your host, Ross Golan. I've written with hundreds of writers and artists over the years, and my favorite part of each session is the first hour when we catch up about life and the industry, politics, composition, whatever. If you ask me, songwriters are some of the most worldly and intelligent people I've ever come across. So this is a journey of learning why people write songs, how people write songs, and most importantly, who the people are who write the songs. Now, I'm co-producing this with my friend Joe London, who was nominated for a Grammy earlier this year for Best Country Song. He makes us sound like angels. If you want to listen to the songs we discuss in this podcast, go to Spotify and look up our playlist, And The Writer Is, or go to our website, www.andthewriteris.com. Oh, and if you enjoy this podcast, please rate us on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening site is. We really appreciate that effort. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Before we get to this interview, which is one of my favorites, there's something we should celebrate in the songwriting community. This week, the Grammys announced that they will include songwriters in Album of the Year. It started as an initiative that Evan Bogart and I submitted to the Grammys because we felt like it was so important right now for there to be one voice in the music industry. And I'm happy that the Grammys, after 60 years, are going to acknowledge the contribution of songwriters in what is a collection of records and that they don't exist without songs. So thank you to the Grammys, songwriters, we should celebrate this as we continue the conversation with streaming rights, as we continue the conversation with copyright law, that this is evidence that people are acknowledging the value of a song. So without further ado, one of the best songwriters in the music industry right now, here is And The Writer Is featuring B.B. Rexa. Welcome to And The Writer Is. I'm your host, Ross Golan. This week's artist has written monster singles, but her story is way more than that. She's featured when she's credited, and she's featured when she's not, because this writer's voice is simply made for radio. This woman has become a staple in both the songwriting community and the artist community. By way of the East Coast, this writer always puts her family first. And the writer is... One of the biggest stars in our industry, BB Rexo. Wow! How about that? I really that was that that made me kind of like myself a little bit more, like believe in myself a little bit more. Yeah. Ross, I need to keep you around. Exactly. I'm just a hype man. That was amazing. Did you write that? I did. Wow, you're actually Sorry. a good writer. No, I'm joking. I know, right? It, it took that. Actually, I have a hard time writing stuff like that. Really? Yeah, I don't like to think when I write. You know? Do you, are you asked to do things like non-lyric writing? Like when I do interviews and stuff like that, um, they'll send me like uh, questions. Email, uh, questions in the email, but I refuse to do that. I'm like, Why? can you just call me? I don't know, because I feel like when I start, my problem is thinking too much. 
and I just want to speak and just say what I feel. Is that in, is that how you are in your real life too? Yes, and it gets me in trouble a lot. All really? The time. Yes, especially in the music business. Why? Because you just give your opinions on songs or something. Um, I think I just like uh, I'm not. I I grew up uh, with a young mom, and I just kind of I think sh- I just lo- like just learned to be and, and. What is a young mom? Like meaning, like she didn't like like really teach me things on like you know like wait before you like speak. I don't know, just like certain things like think before you speak. Like I kind of just do, and I think I think maybe that that could be a great thing. I like it, or you could be misunderstood. Well, I mean, obviously, you're you're a really instinctual kind of writer. You know, yeah. it's like you come in the room and you just start singing. So it's it comes from a you know well, it like, translates yeah, when, in that way too. When I write, sometimes sometimes I don't mean to do this, but when I, I'll work with somebody new, and they'll say something, I'm like, no, like, but I don't. I'm not trying to be like rude or anything like that. But it's just like it. It literally is like this wave that comes out out of me, and it doesn't. Instead of being like, yeah, that's cool, but like, you know, like the, like the LA version, like instead of being like, that's really cool, but what if we try it this way? Yeah, I'm just like no, 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 no. I feel like like I just I can't control my like what I feel. You know, I don't filter it at all. It's like very unfiltered. Like I am the most unfiltered person you will ever meet. Were you like that as a kid? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I was just I just did what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, let's start kind of from the beginning because you know how does uh, uh, an Albanian girl from Brooklyn? <laughs> become like a pop star i have I mean, no idea are your parents are your parents musicians no i mean my dad played clarinet for a second like like in front of you played yeah clarinet? like for a second though and then like stopped but like they're not musicians at all like my dad came from albania in i'm guessing like 80 something mm-hmm. met my mom and then had me in 89 like nobody was musical in my family whatsoever and uh i think with my culture and the way that my parents grew up, it's like you turn 18, 19 and you get married off and you should have kids when you're like 23. Even in the in the U.S.? It's not Even like, in the U.S. Yeah. Like all my cousins are married, have five kids. One of my, one of my, my cousin's wife is 27 and they have two girls, twin girls and a boy. And that's wow. like normal. Like I'm considered like the outcast. Do you feel that way? Um, now I feel like people are starting to accept me and they're like, okay, wow. Like they're proud of me. But for a second they were like, what is she doing? Because it's like the way that I feel like the way that I grew up was like, you know, all the way, like if you could go total right and then like, you know, the music business is total left. And I wanted to find a way to kind of incorporate both and be in the middle because I love my culture and I love who I am, but I still wanted to do the music business. My dad wouldn't understand. Is it just stay home and be a housewife, you know what I mean? Like, find a good guy. Did he, like, he like ever, when I, did he actually say that to Yeah, you? are you kidding me? People used to come and ask for my hand in marriage. Like, this is a real thing. Like, they come to show up oh to your house and it's... No, like, this is some, like, medieval shit. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, at, my cousin is here. Like, they would come to my house and ask for hand in marriage. And how old were you at that time? 16. And how old were they? 20-something, 25, 26. And everyone's like, oh, no, that's totally normal. Totally normal. Like, my grandmother got married when she was 14. Like wow. normal, like this is in the culture. It's very normal. Like, so that's why when you say you have a young, had a young mo- mother, my mom had a- me. My mom had me when she was seventeen. Uh huh. So you guys are like almost sisters. Yeah, I mean, we're we sisters. Yeah. So like, I feel like she just tried to do the best. When I, you know, I kind of feel like my intro was kind of all over the place, but I feel like she just was trying to do the best to be that with what she knew. Sure. So like, 
I didn't learn a lot of like I just learned what she knew like you know what I mean she didn't know she was learning with me so I I didn't learn a lot of things so I had to kind of like make a lot of mistakes so like when I first came to LA for the first time uh, and met with like a big publishing company and a big producer like and they asked me how are the sessions going with my writers and stuff like that I said honestly they're they're shit like a lot of the producers and writers are coming like they're I think they're I didn't know they were high at the time but I was like I don't know what I did wrong but they were like they were basically showing up like really high and like coked out and stuff and I was like honestly the sessions have been really bad no, like I, I, nobody ever told me like you don't say that stuff well why is that a bad thing I mean that's like, actually like a really valuable piece of information I got in trouble at the tell. time I got in trouble I, somebody they were just after, like deal with it after the meeting they were like why would you say that to this person like you don't tell them that like you tell them it was great and then you talk to me about like how you like what you want to change and I was like oh okay I was like so was that, out. but in the end that person was wrong right I mean yeah by absolutely you saying, I'm so glad it. I did not do that deal wow that's really intense I mean so you start playing, I mean, when are you writing music? How do you get to to go from, uh, like, you know, your parents aren't doing, aren't musicians, and were you just, where? when did you start singing? Were you playing instruments? Like, what's I your... started playing trumpet when I was, like, eight years old. I wanted to play the flute so bad, and I wanted to play piano. But the flutes were all taken up, and the pianos, you had to have... Um, piano lessons but my parents at the time couldn't even buy me like right. a CD at the time or like you know what I mean or like Entenmann's Cakes you know I love the Entenmann's Cakes <laughs> like they couldn't afford it like literally couldn't afford it so like I couldn't they couldn't afford like $20 piano lessons or whatever at the time so I couldn't do the piano the flutes were taken and the only instrument that was available for like free for rent was the trumpet Wow. So I was like so mad because I was like, this is not cool. Like, I don't want to play the trumpet. You know, like eight years old, you're a girl. You want to like, you know, be pretty and like play the flute or some shit. So I played the trumpet. How long did you play? Like eight years. Can you still play? I, I could play like the scale. Not not like, a you know, not play like. Like have you put it in any songs? You know, it's funny. Me, myself and I. The yeah. It's actually a trumpet part. It was originally a trumpet part. So do you so you must use some of that. I mean that Absolutely. That, especially cuz it's a really melodic instrument. You're so, not like I'm so happy. in the background. Yeah, like to me now, now I'm like, wow. Like everything is so funny cuz when you're like when you like go through things in life, you're like you, everything's so dramatic. Everything is so do or die. And then now I'm like, yo, like me playing trumpet, the trumpet is always kind of playing the lead in the band, right. especially in the jazz band. It's all so melody. that at the age of eight, I'm playing lead. Thing, I'm playing melodies. You can't play like you're not. You know, if I was playing the piano, it'd be chords and this. But you know, from the age of eight all the way up until high school, my ear was being trained through different types of music, jazz. Uh, you know, the marching band stuff. Regular, like it was just like my ear was starting to get trained at that age. When did you know you could sing? Um, <clears throat> I remember I was in third grade and the Star Spangled Banner would play every day or God Bless America or something like that yeah. in school every morning. Right. And one day, the um, I mean, I love singing since I was four. I would sing to all the Disney Channel stuff. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I wanted to be, you know, or like I wanted to be a princess. But um, what happened one day? Oh, yeah, the Star Spangled Banner, the, the announcement system or whatever broke. Like, it, so I was like, all right. Oh, say, can you sing? Like, I was, like, really belting it. Yeah. And the te- I was, like, nervous because I-, I would sing it. Literally, I was so annoying. I would sing it every day full volume. Like, come on. You loved it. 
Like I loved it. You liked so performing. That one, it wasn't just singing. I just you were loved like, I it. Need Imagine every dance. morning, so eight uh. in the morning. How annoying was I as a little girl? Like I just, I, I felt so bad for my brother too because I was always like the. I just, it wasn't even just the attention. I just loved music. Like I just want like watch me like feel so like you don't know like when you're young and when you start doing music you don't know about all the other stuff you just know it feels good and it makes you feel some type of way and that's the thing with music is it made me feel free because when i was younger and i had all these anxieties which i had all my life that was the one thing that would make me feel good so i was in school one day and then the announce the announcement system broke and i fucking sang the star spangled banner like super loud and then the teacher at the end of the year gave me a piece of paper like those cheap ass like you know printer papers like student of the year she gave me like um singer of the whatever talented most talented of the year and i thought it was like the most it's the biggest accolade you'll like ever i was like get. wow <laughs> i remember going home that day like yeah. so happy do you still have it yeah probably somewhere in the basement yeah uh so w- you you start singing and then you uh why do you start writing like what like because there's a whole different process to be like yo i'm gonna r- start writing songs <laughs> Because you're, you know, if you're a singer in New York, you could have done musical theater. I did. You, you did? I did do musical theater. Did you actually do it professionally? No. You just did it in I did in it school. at the Staten Island Snug Harbor in school. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did do it. I did it for a second. And I did all the choirs in high school. Um, so, somehow I met Sam Cox. Well, through my mom. My mom worked at, like, a, like a, a, a department store. And, um... Samantha I don't know. Cox actually, never. That's, yes, man, cost yeah. be mine. But no. But you know what? I don't know. But how it happened? But I just. Oh, I think the first song I ever wrote was in high school, and there was a contest. Naris National Recording Academy had a contest called Grammy Career Day, and they would pick the best teen songwriter, like teen song, and you would meet like the the superstar of the day. Like of the so whatever yeah. so you enter all so it was a seven hundred entries. I wrote the song called "Let Me Know." It was me and a girl group. It was the first time I ever recorded my voice. I remember hearing myself on the mic. I was like, "Wow, I suck." You, you ever remember the? You remember the yeah, first time hearing course. yourself? <laughs> You're like, "Wow, I don't sound good." Like you know, because you don't know anything about like tuning and reverb and delay. Like you hear the raw vocal. So we do this song. We submit it to the first song you ever wrote. First, even? No, no, not ever wrote. First uh, time I ever recorded in the okay. studio. Like every you know experience. Yeah, yeah. We submit this song and get selected. Crazy. I meet Chris Brown. That's the first. That's when I I met Chris Brown right before he uh, before he uh, he even made it big or anything like that. And uh, that's when he like run it or something. I don't know. Um. Yeah, we got selected, and I was like, okay, cool. But I don't, I don't, I don't see. I don't remember. I, I, I there was a lot of there was a lot. So I don't remember where it like started because there was a lot of studios with like pea stained mattresses and blood stains and <sighs> we use mattresses as as where are you right now are you in brooklyn is this like are you talking about before you ever i don't had... honestly i don't know like i'm trying to think i'm trying to give you a yeah so you go from this competition you win this competition <clears throat> and you meet chris brown so weird <laughs> this but is like you... when he was doing like backflips and shit like nobody right. knew who he was. They're like Chris Brown, and I was like, "Woo! Like who is this?" Right. Um, and so then you end up in. You go from there to like it's not. It can't be that much longer after that that you end up actually getting your first deal with Pete once, right? Because no, I was I was like fifteen there. Oh, you were fifteen I when did, you got. Yeah, so I was fifteen, sixteen there when I won that contest, and then I started going. I started using MySpace at the time and putting songs out. Oh. And that's when I started meeting a lot of producers, and I met this French producer. And that's when we—I I used to go to Jersey City, and like I was literally the ultimate hustler. 
like didn't go to prom didn't do all any of that shit and not i didn't care about any of that stuff from the beginning i didn't care about it i was never a person of like uh like i didn't care about being popular i didn't care about any of that shit i didn't care about having the dopest stuff i just cared about music it was literally an obsession and i think it was also because all my life i had some type of form i was very anxious and i was very depressed as a kid and i didn't know but as like like uh clinically it's, yeah like yeah. for real like yeah. yeah but that's but i take it because that's what helps me write great music and i think we all kind of have those it comes i i'm i'm proud of you know myself and so i think uh you know from them there uh i met with this uh this French guy and I used to go to Jersey City all the time and I would beg my dad or beg my mom and they'd be like no and then take a train or bus or whatever take the took take the ferry to the city you do it without even when they didn't yeah, want you take to the do ferry it. take the take the take the train stand on train 30 minutes then take the ferry for another 30 minutes then walk to the train then go to then go to um wherever on uh take a train to jersey uh, take a bus to jersey city then walk to his fucking house it would take three hours then go to the studio he would have a pea stained mattress that went against the wall with some cheap ass mic and we would record like that and that was one thing then there would be times where i would go to bridgeport connecticut bridgeport connecticut's three hours now i was a fucking hustler like i didn't care i would meet producers and that's why like sometimes people when they meet me i feel misunderstood because they're like wow you're so hard or like whatever but i'm like you have to like you do you have to you have to kind of build yourself that way because you don't want to be taken advantage of you know and a lot of a lot of like these you know bigger producers and stuff like that they think that i'm like i go in thinking that i know that i'm the shit or i'm like a bitch but it's just like it was my culture of me being like I had to be strong for myself to want to do this career and really be strong because I was told no, no, no. And then it's also the New York City mentality and really yeah. hustling. Did you feel like people were taking advantage of you because you were a, fe- a young female? Of course. Are you kidding me? All the time. I had a producer tell me, don't, don't, uh, don't tell your mom, take the train. Do not tell her you're coming here. What? So you must have been freaked out. Did you still go? Hell no. Are you crazy? I wasn't dumb. <laughs> oh my you know? God. Well, so like, so like from that, I was trying to, I was trying to, so from that, I was doing that stuff. And then I met another producer in, 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 in New York city and we started writing songs together. And that's when I started producing and I started, I, I saved up money. I, I got a job as a perfume girl. I saved up money. I bought two care, care speakers. I bought fucking pro tools. I got a cheap ass road microphone. Uh, I bought auto tune for the first time. Cause it was like the hottest thing at the time. It was like $300. I was like shit, $300 for auto tune. What yeah. the fuck? And then I was like, yeah, <laughs> like literally. And my auto tune was so yeah. like, you know how it's latent. Yeah. Like I learned to sing to match that latent. Yeah. So now when I sing on, on in the studio, I'm always ahead of the beat. Like That's a second so ahead of the beat. It's some weird shit. I'm always singing behind it. My logic at the time when I was broke as shit, like it would always record me uh, it would always record off, so I, I learned to sing That's behind the saying. beat so Isn't that crazy? much because I couldn't I couldn't figure out the latency. So instead, you just learn how to sing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I met a producer. <laughs> so there were so many people. Like, and then I met a producer. Then we started working together, and then I fell into this K-pop world. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but I end up having like a big ass K-pop song that was like massive. Wow! And they who hit, was it with? Um, Shiny, okay. Shanae, Shiny. There's a song called Lucifer. Okay. And uh, and then I had... How old were you at this point? 17. Were you still in school? Yeah, I was just... No, I just went into college at this point. Okay. Just 17 going to college, right? That's crazy. Though. No, actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 18, 18. Sorry. Yeah. Um, That's so young to be getting 
you know, I didn't know though. I didn't know though. And at the time I had a lawyer, he didn't really believe in me and like think that, like he didn't think these songs would be big and they ended up being massive. And I had three of them because there's a big like record label out there. I didn't know. So they call me one day. They're like, we'll give you five grand. I was like, five grand? <gasps> yeah, yeah you're, then your parents are like, wow, you just came home with five No, and then grand. I told my mom, I was like, mom, they want to give me five grand for this one song. She's like, no, ask for 15. <laughs> I was like, wow, 15? So I, was, I called them. I was like, yo, I was like, I need 15. I you know, picked up my phone. I was like, I need 15K. They wired that shit in an, an hour later. Wow. Damn, now I found out when I, when I was about to, like, you know, fast forward when I was getting my publishing deal. They're like, wow, you got fucked over. You should have made way, like, like you could have, you know, put a down payment on the house. I was like, wow, I'm an idiot. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't have, the one thing with me also is that I didn't, so like, you know, I, 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 I had to learn, you know, and I think that's the beauty of life. You know, I don't, I never regret anything, you know, so I had to learn the hard way, you know, but I think that's what, that's what makes me who I am and that's what makes my story, you know? How does your song get heard by people in korea or how does it like i mean it's one so i was thing working where with this producer who had to yeah. connect with this guy in uh, korea and he was looking for songs so they didn't tell me that they were they also kind of shopped the, the, behind my back so i didn't really know like i was going in the studio working on my project you know i always loved music so i was writing on my own artistry so i didn't know right when you're putting up stuff on MySpace and whatever, is it is there starting to be? Are you getting hit up by labels and stuff? Or are you playing shows at this point? And are, no, no, you know, no, no. Was it just more? It was just more like writing songs and like putting songs up and just building like a small fan base. Was it working? No, no, no. I had like four thousand fans. You still have that MySpace page up? Yeah, I took all those songs down, so don't even try. Oh man! And I took all the f- pictures down. Me with like a guitar in my hand. At the time, I didn't even play guitar. Were you doing? Like, was it? Oh, you didn't play guitar. <laughs> you <still> did. <laughs> did you? Were you? What, what kind of music was it at that time? Was it the same kind Yo, of music you're releasing now? When I first started writing, when I first started yeah. writing in high school, I was a okay. So when I so I think about this, I played trumpet. So I was into all that stuff. Then when I went into high school, I would join the choir, and we started singing some like. I, then I joined a magical choir. Which yeah. is all acapella, which uh. is weird. Then, um, <laughs> then I started. I found out that I could sing opera, which that was fucking weird. I had, like the craziest high range, like in, like the, like some. I don't know what she was telling me, but I could hit one of the highest notes or something. Yeah. So I started joining all these competitions and winning, like yeah. literally winning. Like and my dad was like, "Okay, I, um, you could be an opera singer. That's that's acceptable within the culture. You could have like a family, and that's like a beautiful thing. We could watch your show. Like I respect that." And I could I could listen to this tape and sing opera back perfectly. Like I could sing. Obviously, opera. Then I learned is like, you know you takes years and you got to be in your thirties and respected and it's a political thing. But but I could play Brene Fleming back and sing exactly how she was singing. And I was like, how do I how? You just can emulate exactly. It's it really sound exactly it's like strange it. that you can that you emulate. I guess it's not, but you emulate if if you emulate that well because so much of your career has been other people emulating how you sing naturally so you were you know what i mean like I'm, you found your own voice somewhere in there yeah so it's like i think you have the, a unique tone so with the trumpet and what's funny now when everybody goes Woo, or yeah. when, you know when you go Woo, in the or when that's on then where's that coming from that's coming from yeah. it's from that that's where wow. it's coming from you know yeah. what i mean Right. I, you know, studying that, but like that made sense to me. That all made sense to me because I'm like, wow, the trumpet plus the 
plus the opera thing. I was obsessed with opera for a second, like obsessed. Yeah. Like was about to go to Italy to do a big competition. And then it hit me and I'm like, no, but I don't want to do this. Like I want to do pop music. I want to be like, I want to feel the way that I, I want to make people feel the way that I felt when I first heard Backstreet Boys. You know what I mean? Or like when I first heard Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera. Like there's something so magical in that and, and, and something that made me feel so free about those songs. And then from there, I fell into some weird one year when I was just listening to straight up Stevie Wonder and huh. tons of Neo Soul. I don't yeah. know what, like, I don't know what, how. So like, I remember writing songs like, like literally the first like this like i think like the first song that i wrote was on the way like this boy you know i love you you know i really do every time i see your face i fall more in love with you like what the hell like i wasn't even in love and like why was i singing like that i was so confused it's so, really good still yeah huh? have you used that since no you should you should put my it computer something. i literally had my karen hit up my manager and be like i'll give you like a million for her old computer like my old computer has so much shit in it <laughs> but it's like a mess like there's so much stuff in there just going through it oh, i'm yeah. sure but then i think i think all that i think wait the question that you asked me i'm sorry but, it's I a mean, little like, early for me go, i'm all over no, no, jet lag from europe i'm like all over the place you know but you made you know you make a decision somewhere along the way where you're like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna choose to instead of doing uh you know instead of doing the opera stuff i want to be a pop star and you make this conscious decision so then i make this decision right and i'm doing all this myspace stuff i'm writing i'm hustling i'm doing all uh-huh. this stuff and then along the way i meet after the, the bmi uh, after the naris thing I meet Sam Cox at BMI. Yeah. Because then for a second, I, love I was, I love her to death. Yeah. And I was, I was writing, but she put it in perspective. She's like, let me play you this girl, Gaga. I was like, Gaga? What the fuck is that name? Gaga? Right. And she played, no, 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 like literally, you should go look at her website and stuff like that. She writes all her own songs. And she played, just dance, gonna be okay. I remember hearing it for the first time. Nothing. Literally at the time, the song, I don't know, on YouTube or whatever, had like 2,000 plays. Like nothing. And I was like, hmm, I kind of like this. I was like, okay. And then it like blew up. And at that time, Sam was telling me in that meeting, I remember the meeting exactly. I remember her telling me about Gaga. And I remember telling me like how I was probably right after that whole thing, 18, 17, something like that. Yeah. Or met her younger probably. She was like, you need to really focus on your writing. Because one day you're going to thank me. And one day, that's where all your power is going to lie. Even in your artistry, if you want to truly be, be an artist. And at the time, I was so impatient. I was like, no, but I want to... F- I just want to do it. Help me get a record deal. Like, Because I thought that was the yeah. answer. Like, a record deal. Like, when you get the record deal, you're going to fucking... That's it. It's over for you. You know what I mean? You sign the deal with some, like, balloons. Champagne popping. The, you know, champ- champagne rainfall. Like... Oh, hell no. I was completely wrong about that one. It's weird. Even the artists, when they get that record deal and you're like, no, they still need a hit song. And if you're not capable of writing it, you're just like, you're Waiting. still looking for a, a jackpot. scary to me. That's scary. So I forever, 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 forever. I'm thankful for that lady. Sam Cox has been like the most like loving, like she's, she's my bitch for life. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's a real fucking, she's a real fucking bad bitch. Yeah. And I respect her. She works for BMI. Sometimes I'm like, I remember, you know, I, 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 there's been many times in the past where I ask, I begged her to manage me because there's something about her that's so, that's so calming and so amazing. I'm like, yo, Sam, I'm like, you gotta be a mat. You gotta do. She's like, no, no, no. I love BMI. I don't want to get in trouble. She's like, I love this job. I love what I do. And, 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 and she to me 
no like to me like also like she's you know like even with the monster when we did the monster she was also part of that vibe it was a whole group of people and it kind of was like a magical thing that happened when we set the session up but she was also involved with that so like she's always kind of like in the know of what's new and what's fresh and i remember i remember her telling me about emily warren you know what i mean so like she's always like kind of like in the in the in the know and and, and i and i and i'm forever grateful for her like she like at times I would get frustrated with her because I just wanted her to like kind of help me or like make things happen for me. But then but you, gotta you had make, to do it yourself. You got to do it yourself. Yeah. And now I see him like, wow, like I'm like she made me go to these Nashville writing sessions, these country writing sessions or these pop writing sessions that BMI would offer for like the time, like creative workshops. And I was like the youngest person in the room with like all these old 40 year old men like writing these country songs. And I sucked. like my songs sucked. Like I didn't know how to fucking write a song. Did you know that they sucked at the time? Yeah. I knew my song sucked. That's why I never actually went to go. Like, I remember when I first met my first lawyer, he's like, do you want to, like, go, like, what's the what's the vibe? I'm like, I don't, honestly, I'm not ready. I was like, I'm not ready. I never felt like I was ready. My music was never ready. It was never good enough. Like, like as an artist, like, straight up. Do you still feel that way? Um, Sometimes, you know, but, like, but like sometimes now I'm starting to feel a little bit better, like, uh, about, about some songs. But I, I never feel like anything is ever good enough. Yeah. It's weird. I remember people asking for songs for your band that people were like, do you have any ideas for the black cards? It's Pete Wentz and this girl. I knew it was not going to go anywhere. But the fact is they didn't realize they were sitting on like they didn't, this they gold mine of a, of, a, of a songwriter. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let me write. Why? How did they not know that they were sitting on you they as a did. songwriter? They did. Then they started having me write. Well, I went there to go songwrite. But I think a lot of these songs, I think the, I think what happened was the project was already... they. Because the project already started, so they had this a concept of what they wanted the project to be. Right. And I don't think anything was really clicking. I don't think anybody really fucked with it. I just think, I think the magic between, I, I think Pete can do it himself too, but I think the magic of Fall Boy is Patrick. It made sense to me when I met Patrick in the studio and when seeing Pete's lyrics. There's, a, there's a something magical between, between Patrick Stump and Pete Wentz. Magical. Like, yeah. it just made sense to me when I saw them work in the studio. And I, I honestly... Listen, that project I knew was not going to go anywhere. I just knew it. Right. I didn't feel right. And I tried to speak up, but I was new and I didn't have any hits. I didn't have anything. And like here's Sam Hollander and Pete Wentz and, and, and Crush. And they've had, you know, they had at the time they had, they had Billionaire with Travi McCoy and all this, whatever, yeah. you know, those boys, not boys like girls. Um, Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco and all these things, these big, big kind of like artists so like who was i to like say anything you know so when you <laughs> finally go away from that i mean there's already people who at that point start to know who you are because word travels quick a little bit right i mean like when i left more, the group yeah like doesn't like how soon after that did you get a, a you did you sign as a solo artist not, not soon at all what do you mean i was signed there 19 i signed him when i was 19 we traveled the world for like two years i was 21 when i when they they were like, this is not working. Sorry. You traveled the world though, is the black. Yeah, we went to Dubai, went to London, we went Whoa. everywhere. We, we 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 yeah. See, that's why like I'm grateful for Pete too because like I think it was just a misunderstanding, and I think that I was too scared to like speak up or say things, and I was very fearful. And I think I think that, or like I wish they would have like listened to me a little bit more, but they I still can't blame them because they believed in me. And the simplest things like learning how to use in ears, learning how to talk on stage, learning how to use the stage, learning how to do press, learning how to the stuff and like that was like the ultimate boot camp for an artist. Then when people when I was going to do my next record deal and they're like, "Well, you got to do," I was like, "You have no idea." Like you know what I mean? Like I I've done this shit. 
Like, I know. Like, I was there with Pete. Like, I learned. Did you guys have a fan base in these countries? Or was it more, like, opening situations? I mean, No, we had, like, fan bases. We had, we had, like, shows. Uh. Um, but Did they ever go to radio with anything with your voice on it? No. So it didn't get that far? Almost did. No, yeah. They tried to go with something. Uh, it wasn't right. So when did you when when did you leave it then? I didn't leave it. They don't dro- oh, drop me. Wow. Well, he didn't even drop me. Then my managers called me one day and they're like, "He doesn't want you to be in the band anymore." I was like heartbroken. I like walked like because their management office was on like 12th Street or something. Yeah. I walked like up to 125th Street crying. Like I was because I didn't know. I thought it was my shot, and I was like, "Wow, this shit is over." And I was like so upset. Like, so upset because even in this whole process, I told my dad, I was like, I promise you're going to see, like, this is going to, because my dad was so against it. He's like, there's no way you're going to do buy on yourself. And I couldn't bring my mom. I was 19, so I wasn't, like, underage and all that. There was no way I could bring my parents. It was like, I had to go and be a big girl, and I hated flying, and I never traveled. You know, imagine being, like, with a very protective family, and, you know, I was I was a, a renegade, and I would do things like, you know, but, like, what are, what is, like, taking the bus compared to, like, flying to Dubai, you know what I mean? Like, that's like a different, whole different story. But I was like, oh my God, that day was the worst day of my life. I was like, it's over. It's so funny. How did you get back up then? Um, I don't know. I got really depressed. You, I got really you, fucked up for you, a year. I, I was did. really like, not good. Like, What do you mean fu- fucked up? Like, like drugs the, wise? or fucked Like up, depressed, like, like wanted depressed, to like yeah. literally kill myself. Yeah. But like, that's, uh, you know, that was what kind of, that is what led to like the monster because I would go on the internet every day and I would look up quotes. Oh my God, my mom, my mom hears this. She's going to kill me. She hates when I talk about this shit, but it's real though, you know? And I think that like I'm in such an amazing place right now. And I think that's what makes my story interesting, you know? But it's like all these things like you need to learn in life and you need to go through this shit. Like you need to, you know what I mean? I don't regret anything. I think, I think everything is a blessing. And that though, and though at that time I was walking, I was walking, crying for hours, 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 hours. I just would, couldn't understand why he wouldn't just call me and be like, "Yo," because I was nineteen, like, I was twenty, I was twenty-one, whatever. I just couldn't understand why nobody would just, he wouldn't just call me after touring for somebody for two years and be like, "Yo, this is not working out. We want to drop you and we want to do like, ele- we're gonna try electronic, like do a, like a dubstep group, you know?" Whoa. But. <clears throat> that's what le- that that's what led to the monster. I was fucked up. My dad had to grab come home every day and like make me walk because I didn't want to like leave the house. I was so sad. And you hear you are still like internally wanting to pursue it, something that your dad is. Yeah. Like, then my dad after like a while totally when I started getting a little bit better, he's like, uh uh-uh. uh, you either going to you're going to college or you're getting getting a job because I refuse to watch my daughter sit in the basement every day, depressed like just so depressed. Yeah. So um So then you're on the internet. How does that lead to the monster? I would look up quotes all day, every day. Like uh-huh. all day, every day, like positive quotes. So because my mom is very my mom is a very positive person. She's a very strong woman. So she believes in like healing yourself and like and like, you know, you are the you are the you know, what you think is what you bring. So I would Google quotes and one quote that always stuck with me is and you everybody knows this, but in the end everything's gonna be okay. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. That was one of my favorite quotes. And then another quote, because I couldn't understand the way that I was feeling, was we stop looking for monsters under the bed when we realize they're inside of us. Wow. So I was like, shit. 
dang, like, I don't really like the person that I am right now. Like, I don't like the way that I'm feeling. I can't understand it. You know? I couldn't understand it. Uh, and I was like, so I was like, why do I, why am I running away from these feelings? Like, I'm, 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 you're okay to feel sad and you're okay to feel anxious. You're okay. Like, you're in a, you're in a business. We're in a business that's, that's, it's so beautiful, but it's hard. It's hard. You know, do you know how many people like want to try to do this shit? Yeah. You know, people I see every day sending me fucking MP3s on tour singing to me at meet and greets. I'm like, it breaks my heart because I'm like, there's so many talented people. Like, there's so many talented kids or, or older people that, that, that this is like a blessing. Like, for us to be doing this is a blessing. We forget. Totally. We get caught up. And it's okay. It's a fucked up business, but it's okay to have moments. Every day is not going to be great. So at the time, I was like trying to understand. I was like, I hate myself like this. Like, I don't want to feel this way. And I was like angry at myself. And then I was like, wow, I'm like, I, I, instead of like trying to help myself, I'm like, I'm like victimizing myself, you know? And I went into the studio and the session was set up and I, and it was John Bellion, alias Frequency. And I said, I, there's a quote that I love about monsters. And it fucking that was it's the song was originally before eminem did it. obviously he was talking about his monsters um in the darkest of my times a little light began to shine woke up and i realized that imperfection is divine and this creepy heart of mine it keeps tiptoeing on the line but i know it'll be just fine because i'm friends with the monsters that are under my bed i get along with the voices inside of my head you're trying to save me. Stop holding your breath. And you think I'm crazy. Well, that's nothing new. And it's a song about this is who I am and I'm pretty fucked up, but I'm okay with myself. Yeah. And it's about like looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, you know what? I'm pretty fucked up. You're fucked up too. Don't try to save me because I'm okay with me being the way that I am. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you finish that, there's probably a reason why people, you know, spread that song is because it's honest and it comes from a real place and it gets all the way from you struggling in a basement to Eminem. Isn't that crazy? I mean, like what a, what a transition from that moment to go from that to, I mean, a literal number one worldwide yeah. song. I mean, it's crazy though. I mean, how like, fast does that does that happen? And you know, where you go from like I'm 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 done writing this song. This is this is a record. Did you think it was for you yeah. at the time? Yeah, and I was gonna go. I was, a, I was get, about to go do. Some, I was about to shop some records. 
I even shop. I even played that song when I was going for a record deal. Sure. Did people love it at the time? They, I mean, let, did they, they didn't die it? over it. <laughs> they weren't like, oh my god, number one, <laughs> number one. Like, no, so you, like from what you think that a record executive would do, record exec, top record execs. Yeah. Just saying, we're all human. We don't know what the, but we don't know what the fuck is going to work all right? the time. Let's be honest. All we know is what we feel. Totally. So. I had a manager at the time and he was trying to get me to go into like this more Avril Lavigne type world. And I, and I wanted to go into the more of the monster world, which was more like to, to him was more alternative, which is hilarious. <laughs> it ended up being a big number one pop song. Yeah. So like when I went to the meetings, he was like, like, he was like, don't play those. And then I, I was like, no, you know what? I want to play this record. Cause I really fuck with this record. He's like, it's too alternative. You're going to throw them off. And I played it for one A&R and he's like, I actually like this direction more. He's like, you should go in this direction more. But he didn't say, oh, my God, this is the number one hit. Don't leave the room. This is your first single. Like what you think, like a, what you like, what, if you really would have played that shit out, I understand Eminem made it great. But it, if you hear the original, it's also very dope. But you think. Did you ever want to release the original? Um, it was like released on like a blog or something like that. But I would never release it. Like I wasn't allowed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Rihanna cuts it. Yeah. And your voice is still all over it. How soon from when it was released or recorded like how how soon was it that you realized holy my, I, my oh, mom oh my called god me. you're hearing your voice on the radio my mom right. called me my mom was like what that is not what the well that's not then like some of the yeah. words you know how you comp some of the words sounds well, you, like you well yeah because you know you know how it goes yeah. like sometimes like you you know you get them whitest <laughs> and you want to stick to some of the things but i knew the second they asked me for my vocals my background vocals because i was like i was crying because I, I was like 22 whatever i was like no or i don't know whatever I'm, I'm throwing up throwing numbers but i was like no 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 please don't i was begging my manager at the time please don't give me my background vocals because i know that whoever's singing this is not gonna be able to do no so people were like, wow, you sound like Rihanna. I was oh, like, oh, wow. But you know what? Was it awesome, care. though, when you heard your voice on the radio? Or was it I was every sad. time? Yeah. I was really sad at the time. How do you feel now when you hear it? I think it's, I don't, I mean, I think that song changed, like, that song changed my life. And I'm forever grateful for it. Because, like, people looked at me different and started respecting me differently. And it helped me kind of, working on my artistry, it helped me do whatever I want. Like, I never had to be, like, a product, like... I was never told what to do. I was allowed to make my own mistakes and change my sound and whatever. We just did an interview with a Hall of Fame writer yeah. who was talking about, he was, he was like, yeah, the only thing that matters is like, uh, um, you know, the title. Because it needs, to, it needs to sort of tell the story, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and your next, right after Monster, you, get, you start releasing songs as an artist with Warner. Mm-hmm. And you re- you release like I can't stop drinking about you, and I'll show you crazy, which are both those kinds of titles where you're like, okay, I'm already I'm in the story before I I don't have to listen to the yeah to the lyrics in the first verse wondering you know what what this is about. Are you instinctually doing that, or is someone actually saying to you? Like, hey, your song, you know, I mean, as a writer, you're just writing these songs and coming oh. up with these titles, right? Oh, yeah. Or is someone, is there, are there people that you're co-writing with that are, t- oh, no, I like, didn't write t- those, I, I, never, I wrote the song myself. So crazy. 
I wrote, I can't stop drinking about you myself. And then I brought it to the Monsters and Strangers. And then I wrote, I'm going to show you crazy myself. And then I brought it to Lauren Christie because we needed a doper hook. So she helped me with the Is that the first time you meet Lauren Christie? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And John Levine. It was awesome. I like also another person in my life that I feel is like amazing. Lauren Christie. Like, I love that lady. Yeah. Like, she's amazing. Um, You release those songs and it's the first time you start getting some radio play with your voice as yeah. where you're getting kind of credit for it and it's there isn't but i was told that i was too harsh what do you mean like i was too dark as a lyricist like just looking what look wise artist wise too hard who was telling you this labels and just people but you were starting to build your fan base anyway so you're yeah. right your yeah, fan I was base still kinda, had to love it i was still kind of dark and like you know i wasn't gonna be like Hey, I'm happy now. Like, I think it takes time, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm, I didn't, nobody told me you got to write a song, like, with the title in it. I just wrote it based off of true stuff. I'm, I Can't Stop Drinking About You was about a guy that I really liked. And then I go out one night. He doesn't want me because he wants to go back to his ex. And then he calls me. And I'm like, yo, leave me the fuck alone, bro. Like, I'm, I don't even drink and I'm drinking about you right now. Like, yeah. what the hell? And I was like, shit, that's a great song. And then I'm going to show you crazy was when I went to the therapist for the first time and they were trying to throw me on all these meds for like depression. But I'm like, I just need somebody to listen to me. I'm not taking that shit. Like, no, like I'm not doing that. That's awesome. When you go in and you do Hey Mama, which is the same time, right? You're doing all these at the same time. Is it? I don't even remember, no. But give or take. Yeah, like kind of like in this the same. Is my, like, like, this is my like three years, yeah. Yeah. You do Hey Mama, you walk in and then here again... <laughs> Your voice is all over it. I, I mean, not even like a little bit. This time, it's well, not I was even told. Like I was told, like yet again, the problem that I think I did in my career. The only thing is that I didn't. I wasn't smart enough to like have the right representation and the right team members around me. Team members are so important. Like I love my lawyer right now, Kenny Masalas. Like I fuck with that motherfucker. Like he is the original goat. Like like he is a fucking gangster. Like he fights for me, believes in me. Like like will will like like I would die for the dude. You know what I mean? So it's like, so it's like I wish I had him then. Mm-hmm. And then, but then he was around. But then he fought for it after. Like right which when we is started, why they added it. Later, that's which is right? why they added it. Yeah. But like, yeah, like I didn't fucking know. Like we wrote the song in like ten minutes, twenty minutes. Me and Sean Douglas. Like I don't, not the song with Hook. I didn't know. Like I in didn't that think, process, they called me. I was at. I was. At, I remember. I remember it clearly. I was at Pepsi or something like that, doing like a little showcase for them, and you know, and they were like, "Yeah, you're just on the pre-chorus, like a little part." I was like, "Okay, cool, cleared." Like I didn't know to like they wouldn't send me the the vocal. I didn't know. Were you? Hanging out with Geta during any of the process? No, and then they didn't. Even, I, then and then I, I, Afro, I hit. I listen. I, I forgive. I texted Afrojack the other day. He, you know what I mean. I love Geta. I saw him at the Billboard Awards. I have no. You know what right. I mean. I see Nikki. I work with Nikki again. I can't live my life being angry at people. I forgive people, and it is what it is. Like we all fucking make mistakes, and we all want to just be successful, and we want to do the best. And sometimes in this business, you get kind of caught up, and you kind of throw. You know, you 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 focus yeah. on yourself. It's human nature. Now, like. Whatever. The one thing that I feel like I learned in the business is that it did kind of like it broke me a little bit. Like it, 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 it like I was always this kind of like happy girl who was like, yeah, I feel like crying right now. You can. Like one, one of the things that's so impressive is that it's so hard. It's so hard to write a song that gets to radio. And it's so hard to write one that people listen to. And then, and it was so, when the second one they happened. Killed, like, that killed me because, like, I was working 
for so long, you know? And you got to do interviews, especially as an artist, because you're in the music business and you don't want to put nobody down because that's not how I grew up, you know? Like, I don't want, like, you can't even at a certain point say shit about anybody or put people down because then that makes you look like a shitty person. But it killed me because I feel like I worked so hard, but I never had, like, I should have fucking, I don't know. Like, I didn't know. I had to learn. Like, I didn't know. I just feel like it, it you know. I didn't know at the time. They were like, we can't put your name on it because there's too many names on it for radio. I believe that. Uh, You're telling me you can't put my name on it? Like, and they shot the video and they were all like in the desert. And I'm like hitting up Afrojack and Geta. And they're like, oh, we're shooting something, but it's like super private. And then you see the video. Like, that sucks. You know, I just think the thing that, that the reason why I'm upset is like, I just feel like there's been a lot of situations that were like, like, You know, I was, like, kind of, like, this happy-go-lucky girl and, like, kind of, like, really excited about music. And then I feel like it kind of broke me a little bit, you know? Yeah. But, like, whatever, it is what it is. Like, that's what what it makes me who I am, you know? So sometimes when I'm misunderstood and I work with these big producers or people and they just want to judge you right off the bat, bat, it's like, you don't know my story. You don't know where I come from. And I refuse to be, like, this bitter person, you know? But, like, does it make me emotional? And and do I feel hurt sometimes? And I got to lie in interviews and say I'm best friends with everybody? Yeah, because I'm not going to go bashing people around. I don't feel like that's the way. You got to forgive. But that killed me, that situation. It sucked, you know? And that's why why there's some people in my group that I will forever love. Sam Cox, Lauren Christie, my my lawyer. My lawyer went in there and fucking got me that credit. It might have been too late. He might have got me the credit after it hit Billboard number six or whatever the fuck it was. I never paid attention. I don't know what the hell. But I knew it was like a good, it did well. <clears throat> but like he got it for me and you know what? It kind of let me sleep at night a little bit better. I, I mean, also in the industry, everyone know you know, it wasn't like. Yeah, but like. I but want like, you to, you know, just so you know, like the writers though, who are obsessed with writers. We're like super impressed and super proud of you. I mean, yeah. it, you know, they don't the the behind the scenes. Everyone knows who makes hits. They just do, and it doesn't happen by accident twice. At that point, yeah. you know, and so there was like, I think there were more people rooting for you in that process yeah. that no one's look. David Guetta and Nikki have. You know, and at the time, Afrojack had 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 a lot yeah. of hits, so there. This isn't to them. It's it's part of their discography. It's fine. Yeah. But for you, it it's like I think people viewed that as like. I always thought that that was almost like a coming out party of like, <laughs> oh, sick, here's her voice for real and yeah. not like hidden. Yeah. So like in the end, it obviously look. I mean, it's kind of funny how it happened because it's like you have the you have the monster and like yeah, straight up, my voice is all over it. But like, and then you have "Hey Mama," and then I finally get credit on it. But it kind of like kind of late, and then it's like, here comes me, myself, Whoa, and I slowly. You, you know, go. I mean, that must have been you know third times a charm kind of thing. You end up with me, myself, and I, and it's like everything's yeah. changed. Like, it, yeah, that that definitely changed a lot of stuff. I mean, I wish I could have kept that song for myself, but at the time, I think it was meant to be the way it was. I played it. I played it for some people. They didn't hear it, so. I remember hearing it here because we're at West. Which version? And my version or the your version. version? Yeah, I love my version, but it was like, it was like more like throw, like it was more dancey. But I couldn't find. I sent it to fucking everybody. I was like, I want to keep the song for myself because I love my verses too. They were great. I sent it to I, at that point also like I sent it to Geta. I sent it to 
um, I sent it also to Afrojack, but Afrojack wanted it for himself, and I was like, no. And then I was like, just I was trying to send it to anybody just to kind of recreate it, but nobody could like recreate it that I wanted it because I kind of wanted to, you know, the way that it kind of came out. Yeah. I didn't know, and at the time I was kind of doing it on my own. I was like trying to like, you know, A and R this record myself because I, I kind of knew how like I wanted it to sound. But like I couldn't find the right producer to do it the way that I wanted, you know, because I wanted some like Sam. I wanted to be like some Sam Smith type of vibe, like a girl version of Sam oh, Smith, some, like girl, Sam Smith, but like with a little bit of swag and like a little kind of like how G had it, but with my singing verses, you know what I mean? But I think that Mike, the, the, the producer, he killed it, you know what I mean? Like I think I think it was meant to come out the way that it did, you know? I mean, it's there's so much of you, it, like even in those other songs, it really isn't the same kind of real estate. Like you have. You know, a pre-chorus, a chorus, a post on like, it's like, there's so much you in that yeah. record. That's like, you know, he's got, he's got a first and second verse and it's like, yeah, it really is the first time where I think people get to know you yeah. as an artist in a way. I mean, not to, not that you hadn't released songs, but I feel like that's opened the door yeah. for all the songs. Of course. And then, you Are know, you kidding it's like, me? Yeah, a thousand percent to be able to be able to do the iHeart Awards and, 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 and to start building fans and people to start noticing you. And that's, that was like dope to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was like the coolest thing ever. Like ever. It must have been a giant, you know, obviously it was a lot of weight off your shoulders to be like. Not yet. Why? Because I feel like you want to do it like you want to you want to like you want to like kind of you want it to be like, a, you know, a BB song. You know what I mean? I mean? Everybody says that's a BB song, you know, but I'm like, I don't know. It's just some weird thing that I have. So is it like a is that a personal thing or is that like an you know like work? no I just feel like you know like I feel like I like to me it's like me and G but I I feel like I handed it to G like it wasn't like a pure like it wasn't BB Rexa right off of Warner Brothers like right. BB Rexa I could put my, and say this is my thing it's on my album like this is my song but it is it is my song like you know what I mean but but to me. Because I gave it away, in a right. sense. Even though I was on it, it was still wasn't... You guys have it. a really good chemistry. Yeah. Like, it sure. looks like you guys are really genuine friends. Yeah. Like, what? I think I just think, like, you know, the thing that with me and G is that we're very similar. And I feel like he's very kind, and I feel like he's a dope person. I just feel like we're both... It's hard. It's hard to be, like... I don't know what you consider... Like, to me, a real friend is, like, my best friend who lives here. And, like, we just hang out. And, and we're real genuine friends. And yeah. we talk about life and stuff like that. Oh, like, cool. genu I guess you could say we're genuine friends in a Hollywood sense. Right. Yeah. There's a Isn't difference. that fucked up? <laughs> no, I don't it's not that like, fucked up. No, because G's dope. Because I'll call him right now and be like, Yo, G, I need you to come do this for me right now. And he, he would do it. And I would do the same exact thing for him. I did right. all his. I did a, on his tour. I hopped on a plane and I did most of his shows. And I jumped on stage. I didn't get paid for anything. Club appearances, all the promo. Obviously, it was good for myself too. But even for his tours, like for tour, it doesn't matter for me. Like I don't need to be doing. But I wanted to be there to sing the song for him, you know. Yeah. And I would do. And I had other things. I was starting. I was starting my, to finish my project and about to put a single out. And I had other shit to do, but I was still doing it because, you know, we will always kind of have this you know, special thing because of what that song was, you know? It kind of changed both our lives, you know? Sure. The thing is, in, in, in L.A., there's this vibe of mutual exploitation. What does that mean, of, mutual Kind of like, like if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, versus New York, where it's kind of like every man for himself, every woman for themselves, you know? Yeah. And versus here, it feels like feels like in New York, there's like this, like, I don't need to make friends. I'm here to to be, like... See, I don't agree. Like, 
okay, you have that sense in New York, but here it's like, here it's like, I don't need to make friends, but I'm going to fake it. I'm going to play this, like, I'm going to play like this level up game. Like, it's about leveling, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just mad fake. That's why I wrote fuck fake friends. G's on it, too. I mean, here's a, here's like a, a great example of what you mean to the industry that when you're looking at your own songs and how many people are coming on to your music you know whether it's like here Nicki Minaj ends up featuring on yours on, yeah. you know and, and starting like you just release a record with Lil Wayne on it yeah I mean it's not like is you're you're not it's crazy you're talking about the biggest the biggest <laughs> artists in the world are featuring on your records yeah so like it's cool because they like they kind of like it's kind of dope because they like first of all fuck with the songs and they respect me but I don't even like think about it that way I just like I don't know I just think it's cool is the so the goal now is like is making sure that the next one that's a hit is yeah. you featuring them I mean you even have well, that I mean, number even, one I'm dance not... record with Martin Garrix and yeah all yeah that yeah stuff. that cash cash fucking old yeah no but I think I think um. Uh, I don't think it's like the next one. I think it's like building levels. And I think my career has been very interesting. It's kind of been like literally levels, like literally like steps. Mm-hmm. Like it's the, it's like, like, I mean, it's been like walking up the Empire fucking State Building. If you want to talk about steps, but it's kind of been steps. Cause like when you look at all the greatest careers, you know, I mean, obviously the music business is in a different place right now. You look, throw, go back to the Rihanna's, go back to everybody. And now we're in a kind of weird place where, you know, songwriters are kind of coming to be these artists kind of dope, like the Sia's and the Pharrell's and the, you know, remember Missy Elliott and like, that's dope. Um, <clears throat> I think it's so cool because it's like, nobody really, you look at a Rihanna or you look at somebody and you're like, Rihanna. But fucking go all the way back to when that girl came out with, Hey, Mr. DJ, some Bob W play, Mr. DJ, yeah. remember that with her, with her, yeah. like, with her Forever 21 outfit or some shit like that? Remember that shit? <laughs> yeah. And then now she's fucking wearing uh-huh. Balenciaga, fucking yeah. more than our cars are worth. You know what I mean? She looks like a fucking, she's a badass bitch. I love her. So it's like, you don't look at that stuff, but you don't look at all the, the song that came after that that failed, and then you don't know the story that she had to, who knows, put from what I heard, put money into SOS to pay what's his name to get that song to stay to stay on. The label was about to drop her and all that bullshit. Yeah. You don't know their journeys. It's a long-ass journey. That bitch didn't step up. That bitch didn't come out a month ago and have, and is Rihanna. Like, Beyonce, yeah, I mean, too. She, I was thinking about yeah, Beyonce. Yeah, right. My cousin's like, how did Beyonce, I'm like, how did Beyonce do it? Beyonce, how did she do it? She started when she was 19 running on a fucking treadmill with heels and singing. You know what I mean? You don't know her story. Like, she didn't just become Beyonce. You don't just become greatness overnight. Like, greatness is not overnight. It's not. Like, this shit takes a long time. And I could have a number one out the back. But you know how many people I can count on my hand right now with number ones off the back that just fucking fell, that fell off? That didn't have a brand, that didn't have a, that didn't have a say, that don't have a, that don't have, uh, that are not saying anything. I don't want to be that artist. I'm not that artist. Listen, I've worked, and you know, one thing I want to clear up is I've worked with a lot of big producers, a lot of big producers, a lot of Swedish people. A lot of, I have nothing but love for them. The thing is also when I work with a lot of these people, when I was in that weird headspace, when I was anxious and depressed, I wasn't in my right mindset. I was fucked up. I was like fucked up. So I was, I was not the best me that I could possibly be. So like a lot of these people judged me when I was younger and I was confused and I was hurt and they don't want to work with me. But I, 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 I'll, I'll be shit up right now too. 
like I, when I first went, when I first met work with Jay Cash, big writer, you work with you know Jay yeah, Cash. Yeah. He had his own issues. <clears throat> He's gonna kill me, but I walked into the studio and he said, "Listen, I've written hits. I'm going downstairs. I'll be back. You got to prove yourself. Hmm. When I come back, the song better be written. Right now, I fucking love Jay Cash." Yeah. He came up to me like a real fucking man and he said, I'm so sorry about what I did. I was a shitty person at that time. Yeah. And now he's on he's on my songs and he's helping me fix up my songs and I respect him. I respect his ear. I respect him as a person. And after that I respect him so much more. You know what I mean? And yeah, now his I understand him. But at that time I could amazing. I hated him so much. You know what I mean? It's hard when people judge people for the day they meet him. No but matter what it is. That's just life. Yeah. That's just life. But that's the beauty of life. That's what I'm saying. Nothing is do or die. Things come around first full circle, you know? But like now I'm thinking like with me, I'm like, I look back at everything and I want more. That's like human. I want more. I want more. Like why, you know, Beyonce has a baby and she releases a song. Why does she keep, why does she keep releasing a song? Why does she keep wanting more? She could fucking retire tomorrow. Right. And sit on 500 million and she's still fucking <laughs> Beyonce. Why do you want more? It's human nature. But I think the thing is, my thing has been a journey. And um, and now when I look at it, I'm like, wow. Like, everything makes sense. It's kind of creepy. It's kind of creepy. Going all the way back from playing trumpet to, to, to then being in the choir, to then singing opera music, to being obsessed with the Stevie Wonder stuff for a year, to going to meeting Sam Cox and the, and the writing things, to getting my songs, sto- to getting songs kind of stolen in a sense, to, to, you know, with the Korean stuff, to then doing the monster and then, and then getting respect from the monster to then have, have the res- to build respect in the music business so that I can do my own music, getting signed to the record label that I'm at right now. And, and, and then, and then also being like, yo, like, I don't want to just write songs that are like, I want to say something. And that's what I think the problem is with a lot of these artists is like they come on the scene and they're pretty great. You're fucking pretty and you look fucking great. But what the fuck are you saying? What the fuck are you saying? What do you mean to my generation? Because when I grew up, my mom played me Lauren Hill, the yeah. miseducational Lauren Hill. Yeah, it was a warning. Alanis Morissette. Pink. Who's saying that to me right now? Who's saying that? As a female. The guys are killing the game right now. The guys are killing the fucking game. Kendrick Lamar right now. Kendrick, the new Kendrick album. Yeah, Drake, all these dudes. Like, Chance. The girls, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I love Alessia Cara. Like, I fuck with Alessia Cara. That here record. That's the biggest mistake of the the Grammys this year was that she wasn't up for best new artist, and there were some other my, people. Blows my mind, Alessia Cara. Prodi- like, come prodigy, on, come prodigy on, writer. come on. Like, to me, it's like, don't get me wrong. There's different types of music. We don't gotta be hard and heavy all the time. You know Do you what I mean? Listen to other types of music. Do you listen to like non pop stuff? Do you listen to pop stuff? I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't, I don't, I could open up my Spotify right now. I like pop music. I like, I like, I don't know. I like, like I are just, you inspired I listen, by Kendrick? When, when I listen you, straight up hip hop. I like hip hop yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. I love hip hop. Also, like, I used to listen to a lot of hip hop when I was younger too. Because, oh, well, because back in the day also, there's a website called SoundClick. Have you ever heard of SoundClick? No. That's how I started writing my songs and putting them on MySpace. So SoundClick is like a straight up rapper website. And it's like, it'll be like, Johnny on the beat like every three seconds Johnny on the beat and I will go and fucking take my mom's credit card and it was $25 to rent to lease the beat and if you wanted to buy the beat it was $500 
but I didn't, was not going to pay $500. So it was like, you know, Johnny on the beat. And I would, ha- the, but they would only be hip hop beats. So I couldn't find, I didn't know how to find beats at the time. So I had to, I had, so where did I find beats? I would Google how to find beats, hip hop beats. Here comes soundclick.com. Went on soundclick.com, found all these beats, but they're all hip hop beats. So that's when I started writing songs. So here I am, a white girl writing on these hip hop beats. But that's what kind of gave me my swag. And then I would take those songs, put them on MySpace. And that's what led to me meeting all these other producers. But all the producers that I mostly work with were hip-hop producers. So they all had like this hip-hop sensibility. It's just not a necessity. It's like, this is yeah, what I so got. So like, I got to learn to write this like, The beat is like... And like, I'm trying to like write a pop song to it. Right. I'm like, this doesn't sound like the radio. What the right. fuck? You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like weird, but it's funny, you know? Um, when you write... By the way, are you still writing for other people? I don't really know. I just write. Yeah, I guess so. Because I mean, yeah. like, you must uh, have a... No, I mean, I don't... I just... I never write for other... I don't know. It's like a Is weird there a thing. conscious decision to no. be like, oh, I'm writing for myself? Or is it always never. for yourself? It's always for myself. And then if someone else cuts it... I could never know? do that. Like, I could... If I started writing for somebody else, mm. I would not be able to write the song. I would be, like, overthinking. It would not come out. Yeah. So, like, I just write... And then they'll be like, hey, yo, like this song that you don't want, like somebody really wants to sing it. I'll be like, who? And then if I like the person, I'll be like, okay, cool, yeah. Go ahead. If I fuck with them as an artist, if I don't like them, I'll be like, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never write for, like, that's because every interview, every person I've ever worked with, like, in, like, when I, I mean, I, when I do interviews, because you do like all, you know, when you do promo, it's like literally 80 interviews in one day. Back to back to back to back. It's how, the same. You, how can you be creative in that environment? That sounds awful. You can't. Uh-huh. When you go, no, you gotta literally like. There's different as an artist. You there's different modes. You got the writing mode, where you're like this, when you're in the studio for a month straight and you're eating like shit and you gain ten pounds, and then you got the promotion mode when you better start fucking jogging, and then you're literally like the days are insane. Like wow, like Who I could. Does it? Like, I mean. <laughs> You have your best friend. I know your brother, your cousin. I wake theory, up. Your brother. I woke there, up. Like- I woke up. We had a six a.m. training session. I had the trainer on the road. Go into glam at seven thirty because I gave myself thirty minutes to take a shower, whatever, moisturize, you know, brush my teeth. Then um, from seven thirty to nine thirty, we go into glam. Ten o'clock to like eight p.m. Straight up promo. I'm talking about MTV, YouTube, Twitter, back to the hotel. Two rooms, they would rent two rooms. You go one room in with the camera crew, the other camera crew setting up in the other room. You go into the other room, that other room t- un- breaks down and prepares for that. Then the other room has a, then there's another room with the writer with the writer with just the cor- thing on it. Then one person wants to do a Snapchat story. Back to back to back to back to back. Then you finish that, you go do your radio, you go do radio interviews. <clears throat> you do your radio interviews. You know, like yesterday, the day before, I, you know, I woke up two hours on the phone with radio stations. Then I had a meeting at Apple. Then I went to the studio. It's like crazy. And this is right. This is a week you release this. I think you're. Didn't it just come? Did five did days, six days, seven days? It comes out in seven days. No, it came oh, out. just came out. It just came out. For me, it's nothing. Like I like it. I'm like keep me busy because my my baby. Yeah. Well, you you used to take three hours to you know trains, planes, automobiles to get to a session to work for probably like six hours and then find a way back. So it's not like six hours. We'd be there all night. Your work ethic though is pretty much like it was ingrained. You know, when you're 15, trying to do this shit with your parents being like. Don't go there. You're like, nah, I got to go. I'm sorry, but I've got to do this and that and the other. And you were like making your schedule when everyone else is so? like, I Maybe, don't know. Maybe, yeah. 
It has to I would be, sit right? On, I would sit on the computer for like 12 hours. Oh, yeah. my God. Wait, 3 p.m. when I got home to 3 a.m. in the morning. That's 12 hours, right? I was obsessed with comping vocals. Obsessed. That sounds so arduous. I don't know what that means. Just sounds boring that's such a, as shit. That's such a songwriter word. Arduous? I've never used it in a song. Really? You should try. Five dollars for the first. Give it to Sia. She could sing cut. it. If you, if she would like arduous. Ah, You're like, wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I feel like Sia could sing anything. It would sound dope. You know what I mean? Some people will give me like a line in the studio, and they would like. I don't think this line's gonna work. I'm like, yes, it is. Like, it could be a little bit like, I want those croissants right now. I want to eat a croissant. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Because like somebody be like, I want a croissant right now. I really want to eat a croissant. And it's like, no, I think it's the way you sing it. Is that? But yeah, but that some of that's like <laughs> your actual given tone. I mean, Maybe. unfortunately, I sound like a you know. I'm a Shut five. Up. I'm a. Shut yeah, up! Whatever. Your voice is cray. Okay, so Mr. Florida. I I, <laughs> I asked. I actually asked a, a lot of people. Like I said, what do uh, what's a question that I can ask an amazing female pop star? And and you answered pretty much every single one. You know, a lot of people were asking about you know misogyny and why there are so few female writers compared to female artists and all this stuff but i think you've kind of explained a lot of that um but the one thing that i think is there really though i don't think i so. don't think about it that way and that's i don't think about it that way i think about it as just fucking put the work in the problem is is that if you think that somebody's gonna knock on your door and be like you are so beautiful and you got a crazy ass motherfucking voice Here's a record deal, and you are about to be famous in two weeks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bitch, go to fucking Guitar Center, whatever the fuck, Sam Ash. I don't know where the fuck you live. Go For the people that want to know, go buy yourself a laptop, or if you have one, go buy yourself Pro Tools. If you, can, if you don't know how to use Pro Tools, buy yourself Logic. If Logic is still too hard for you, go fu- use fucking GarageBand, right? Yeah. Go buy yourself a cheap-ass microphone. Go in the computer and start writing your songs and put the power within you. Because that's the problem is that, is that, is that even with me, some people are like, wow, you come off too hard. You come off too masculine. You need to be more feminine when you talk to people in the studio. You need to be less. But I'm like, why? Because I know what I want. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I know what I want. (laughs) I I think it's super fun. But I I think females can do it. It's that Mm. the problem is you got to put the same amount of work in as the guys. A lot of the females that I've met that are successful pop stars too even Nicki Minaj fucking beast she works like a like, workaholic like, I know this is so fucked up to say because I hate saying man but she works like a fucking man like she's a fucking gangster mm. you you just gotta put the work in and I think for females we're told to be like it's hard too because I because you're told you have to be this you have to be this pretty looking thing but then you have to also sing these amazing songs and then write them or not write them or whatever but it's like also like society too you know because yeah. as for guys you could be ugly as fuck but you just go in and put all the work in and if you sound good that's all that matters yeah I definitely didn't get in the game because I was you know I'm sorry for all the cursing by the way um, my mom no, hopes she good. doesn't listen to this shit she'll be proud she'll be proud because you're honest you're honest throughout this whole process you think so? yeah Yeah, I do think so <laughs> I think that's probably what all of our parents raised us as trying to like have honest children. Listen, at the end of the day, I just want to, I just, I need to go to sleep with a clear mind and and know that I, I was real in every aspect of my life. And I was. And you know what? Yeah. I have no regrets. Yeah. 
Literally no regrets. Zero. I'm going to make you play one game and then we can go and we can end this thing. But with this one is, I'm going to just name five things and you just tell me what's off the top of your head. We don't have a name for this segment and I always talk about we have no name for this segment. So I'm going to just name five people and you just tell me what, what you think of them. Ready? No. Samantha Cox. Incredible. Nicki Minaj. Hardworking. Adam Russell. Y'all fucking beast. Shout out my manager, Adam Russell. Mercy. Yo, Adam Russell is a beast. He's amazing. He's kind. We have our moments. But we, 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 we got, we have a, we have a good chemistry. Yeah, he's so proud of you, and it's, it's fun to watch. And he believes in me, too, you know what I mean? He flew out to friggin', I don't know, Maryland on a little shitty-ass jet in a storm to to sign me. And I was like, who the fuck are you? Like, what are you, 22? But he works so hard. But the reason why I think it's so great is because we're both young, like, and we're both kind of, like, around the same age, and this is all we have. We yeah. don't go home to our wives. We don't go to... And we made the decision. We 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 go home... And we're on our phones thinking about what the next move is. We go to dinner. We're on our fo- We're just obsessed, but in the most amazing way. Why not be obsessed for right now? Because one day we will. Uh-huh. Jeff Fenster. Oh, my God. I don't know what's. To- <laughs> Jeff Fenster's your A&R at Warner. I-, I will say here's a great story about Jeff. Jeff's I just awesome. like his jokes. I think he's funny as hell. Dude, he is. He you know is, what? He's loyal. The he's word so for Je- loyal. The, the word for Jeff Fenster is loyal. Because that... He listen like no I don't I never met anybody loyal like him before like he he shows up to sessions he 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 actually also has a like he, he, listen like Jeff Fenster is not thirty years old you know what I mean but fuck his age his ear he stays relevant he knows what's going on yeah he puts in the effort it's yeah. it takes so much effort to stay relevant in this and he's still relevant and he does put his like he fights for me though he always he fights for me and you know what and he one thing that i like about him is that he let me be me and he always let me be me and always believed in me and he let me he and you know what he let me to this journey he let me grow he let me develop into being this artist and he always kind of like just was there you know kind of like like being a little like like the the fount like the little pillow but underneath me you know kind of keeping me like comfortable so he kept me doing what I wanted to do, which led to this point, which is now working. What about, and this is a kind of a halfer, but your your parents, your mom and your dad. What, like a word, one word for them? I don't know. Life, I mean, man. none of these You're have been life. one word. Yeah, I'm sorry. I talk too much. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't even know. <laughs> we don't this game, you need, this game, you need to... Because you're, you're being, because they were there from the they were they were there saying to you that you know you have to go get a job and now you're one of the biggest you know writers artists in the music business. I feel like that's weird. What to say that? You don't think I was so? I was out the other day and there was there was paparazzi and I was like why like I told my manager I was like why the fuck why are they taking pictures of me? He's like because you're like a celebrity. I was like no I'm not. Do not fucking say that word. That's some weird ass word. Like, do not say that shit to me. You like, just you're just, are you in because, denial? Like, I was, or like, is it I not? was getting my eyebrows done, and then the fucking <laughs> next day, a picture comes out of the fucking, I, okay, so usually they're around you, but one time also, the fucking picture came out, 
I was standing at the corner looking at my thing slunched over with my fucking like little belly like thing coming out. Like obviously you're a human being. How, where the fuck did they take that picture from? Now they got the long cameras. They take them from like a fucking mile away and you look like a beast and you're like, what the fuck? I need to go on Jenny Craig or some shit. Like what the <laughs> fuck is going on with me? I got to lay off the croissants. No, but I'm like, I'm like, I hate that word. That word freaks me out. Really that's, funny. That's a weird word you're, to me. You're kind of in denial. No, no, no. Even though I fight my manager every day, I'm like, what? I was like at the Billboard Awards and I was with Khaled and I was like, why? Like, why do they, why am I doing this? He's like, what? He's like, what are you talking about why you're doing this? I was like, I don't know. I don't feel like I belong here. He's like, you're, okay, let's call up your therapist. Ding, 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 ding. No, but my parents, like going back to that, like they're my life. My mom, especially, is my life. My life. Like, I texted her yesterday. I was like, honestly, mom, I was like, whatever happens in my life, I just want to fucking, I want to win. I want to fucking be the biggest. I want to be the fucking best. I won't stop until I, I won't rest until I am. But I want to fucking win so that I could give you everything that I get. I want to share with my mom because I came out here to LA and I'm like, LA is great. I love the weather, but life is not the same without the people you love around you. If you can't ex- share it with them. Right. Well, like, but that's, just- that's, that's a really humbling thing. I mean, that's here you are again. I started by saying family because the first time I met you, you had your brother in the studio yeah. and here you have family with you again cousin, in the studio. Yeah. It's Shady. like, like you have like, uh, you're, well, because I feel like I get really sad when I'm alone. Because I'll like I'll be on the road for months at a time and be like, I don't know why I'm sad. My mom's like, because you're lonely. Because like you're in a hotel room every night. So like we're doing the Indy 500 on Saturday. I'm singing the Star Spangled Banner. My brother loves cars. My dad's dream was always to go to the Indy 500. So I fucking you know what I listen. My dad never flew first class before. I fucking got him a first class seat. He deserves it. Let my fucking my dad come with my brother and let them come watch me at the Indy 500 and let them enjoy that moment with me. Yeah. Because I could die the day after or some shit. Well, that if that doesn't sort of exemplify who you are as a human <laughs> and where you've come through this process. Yeah. It's from cool. being like I mean, honestly, being it's, able it's, to. Look, honestly, it's been so insane. I'm sorry for cutting you off. I'm just also shocked too. like we did the tour in Europe and we did the tour here. Like, I'm not going to lie. I used to do. I did a couple of shows back in the past. It was like 100 people. Now, fucking you, I did the I did the 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 in New York. I don't even know what the show the Irving Plaza sold out. And then we did another show at fucking Brooklyn sold out. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, yo, 3,000 people came to watch me. I'm like, how? Why? Like, because like, you're honest. But I was like, that's cr- like crazy to me too. Like, because you get caught up in it and you get caught in the game. You get caught in the number game. You get caught in the radio game. You get caught in on, on Instagram, on Instagram likes. You get caught up in all of this shit. And it's hard. I'm not going to lie. And that's life in general. But like, especially in the music business, you get caught up in this shit. But you got to take a step back sometimes. And it's really hard for me. It's hard because I see like all these other artists who like, you know, they'll come off a Disney channel and shit and have millions of fans. But it's like, I can't compare them. My journey is different. My journey is different. And sometimes you got to take a step back and be like, wow, I'm fucking blessed. Because somebody told me that you would never be nothing more than a girl from Staten Island. You will Ooh. never be nothing more than a girl from Staten Island. But they said it out of love because they wanted me to take the they wanted me to take the jump and fucking put music out because I was too scared to put my music out. And I could have fucking still be in Staten Island going to Royal Crown Bakery, the one across from my house, had a million of those Italian butter cookies, <laughs> 50 pounds overweight and still trying to make music off my computer. But I'm fucking 
fucking here in California. My cousin is here hanging with me. We fucking rented a convertible. We're about to drive that shit down fucking Sunset Boulevard. Go to our next session. In the studio where Michael Jackson recorded. Yeah. they're like, you know, it's go, like you're, go, go you're to, in Go to fly to fucking it. do the Indy 500. Come back to <laughs> yeah. practice for Jimmy Kimmel. Like, what the hell? That's crazy. Like, yeah. it's But you've dope. earned it. Nobody deserves shit, but you've earned it. Like you should be. You've earned it. You worked really hard when there was no money, and and with people saying that you're never gonna make it, and now you're singing, you know, the national anthem. <laughs> from you went literally. What a great way to bookend this. So you started by singing the national anthem when you're eight years old. Did I really? When did I say that one? Oh you yeah, yes, it, yes, right? yes. So yes. there you go. That's how this Indy thing 500. happens. Yeah, you I know, guess you, so. Literally, that is the difference. If there's one way to bookend this conversation, you started by singing no, you know what for, I said? for you know, 15 people, and now you're singing national television in for, front of for 8, million people, 8 yeah. million people. But also, you know what me and my cousin say? We were in Paris the other day. Paris, France. My first show ever was in Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie, New York City. So you know what we said, motherfuckers? Poughkeepsie to motherfucking Paris, France, bitches. There you go. On that note, thank you so much. Thank you, Ross, so much. Really appreciate Everybody, you. Everybody, I'm sorry about all the cursing, but that's just who I am. Love, BB. Sorry. Thanks for listening to this episode of And The Writer Is. If you want to hear music from this songwriter I just interviewed, be sure to check out our Spotify playlist. Or visit our website at andthewriteris.com. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter. And the Writer Is is produced by Joe London, edited by Miles Bergsma, and published by Big Deal Music. A special thanks to Jeff Sparger, David Silberstein from Mega House Music, and Michael White. Until next time, this is Ross Golan. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com